0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need
1: to hire? You need Indeed. It's the Start Sit Show on Roto Viz Radio. What's up, Roto Viz?
2: Welcome into the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Podcast. It's week seven and it's Thursday night. So that means it's the start-sit show. Dave Cabin and I are going to take you through some of the key player projections from the Rotoviz game level similarity projections tool and help answer any of those last-minute, tough start-sit questions you might have for tonight's Thursday night matchup. Or, you know, maybe you just want to get a jump start on setting your lineups for the weekend. Dave and I have some of our own dilemmas because it is the 1st bipocalypse of the 2023 yeah, man, season. Is. I'm feeling it, man. You know, there's some tough decisions to make. Lots of uh, talented players and lots of teams uh, not in action uh, this week, Dave. So I've got a couple that we can get started with from our own squads. But before we do that, why don't you just give us you now, 60 seconds or so on the, the notable top guys from the GLSP across each position. And I think that'll whet the appetites here.
1: Yeah, sure. So if we take a, a look here at some of the top players across the leaderboards, no surprise when you look at quarterbacks, we start off with Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts. But Sam Howell actually comes in with the fifth highest average GLSP projection this week. I have a couple of teams where there are quarterbacks that I drafted significantly ahead of Howell. We know that on a lot of teams, Curtis, we put him on the back ends of our roster. I actually like the matchup for him this game. Uh, And it looks like you you could definitely roll him out as a starter against the Giants and he could pay off for you. We also have Josh Dobbs scoring pretty highly this week. Maybe you give him a last hurrah or two uh, with hopes there that Kyler Murray gets back into action soon. But he scores nicely. If we look at the running backs this week, definitely a lot of chalk towards the top. Isaiah Pacheco, though, continuing to rise ahead of guys like Travis Etienne, DeAndre Swift, Uh, Kyron Williams would have been in the top 13 if he were playing. Zach Evans coming in to fill in for him. I do think that you could feel pretty decent, given the fact that the Rams have looked to just get anybody off of the street. Now, they did bring in Daryl Henderson, but it looks like Um, you know, the younger player there is going to have the first crack at it. Uh, If we go to wide receiver, you have, well, I'm I'm going to call this out first here, right? You got Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup both uh, in the top five. And an important thing to understand here is in their matchup with the Steelers, when I was going through writing my passing game matchup Raider article last night, one thing that stood up was how favorable of a matchup it was across the board for this team. The Steelers have just been a sieve for players running out of the slot, which Atwell, Cup, and Nakua do very frequently look for the Rams to put up a lot of points in this game. Players that are maybe a little bit higher than expected, or at this point, perhaps Jacoby Meyer shouldn't be. He also cracks his way in to the top 10. Uh, if we expand things a little bit further and look at the top 30 or so players, other players finding their way in there this week It does kind of like Isaiah Hodgins, which is really interesting against Mm. Washington this week. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, (laughs) I'm not going to go on a limb here and say that this is one of those that Uh, I'm really going to trust. But uh, more chalk in here as we work our way to the top 45, um, you have Kendrick Bourne coming in at 31. Uh, You do have Rasheed Rice, who we're going to probably talk about in a little bit, coming in around 35. Uh, KJ Osborne, Zay Jones, Josh Palmer, and Khalif Raymond, some of the players that are probably you know, talked about less that uh, do find their way into our, our leaderboard here for the week, if you will. And finally, at tight end, no real surprises other than perhaps Jonu Smith coming in at tight end seven, but we already talked about it this week. We've seen Jonu record some tight end one finishes Uh, One thing that I did note was though it's a somewhat favorable matchup for the Falcons this week, when you look at what you would expect in this game for them with a split between Pitts and Smith, some of the things that you're going to see models spit out for this matchup, I think actually will be hard for them to achieve this week. If you continue looking down a little bit further, we see Jawan Johnson, Noah Fant, Trey McBride sneaking their way into... uh, the rankings this week, it is a very favorable matchup for tight ends uh, on Arizona this week, I'll add as well.
2: All right, well, that's the around the horn on each position. We've, we've got some questions coming in. Let's start with Juan, and this is an important one, Dave, because it you know it's impacted by tonight's Thursday night football matchup. Let's head over to the quarterback position. Give us a little zoom in on your screen here, yep. and let's look at uh, Trevor Lawrence or Sam Howell.
1: Sure. And this is a this is a fun one, right? We didn't know what the situation was going to be with Lawrence heading into this week. Does look like it's a pretty solid uh, matchup for some of his wide receivers. For Lawrence, though, what you're going to see here is that in comparison to Howell, there's actually a lot less upside for him. One of the things where this is most easily reflected is if you look at the 75th percentile outcome for these two players, we actually have Howell at 24.2 Trevor Lawrence Mm. just down at 20. Given the fact that it's also on the short week that you had health concerns about Lawrence, I think I would much more lean toward Howell here. We actually saw 20% of his matches go over 25 points, whereas just 4% did it for Lawrence. So a lot more upside for Howell. And I think in just your base case this week, too, there's more of a compelling reason to go with Howell.
2: Yeah, I... I, I don't have a lot to add there. I agree with the breakdown and, and just the Thursday night games. I mean, I, I know not all of them are low scoring affairs, but the short week, it's hard to get any real elegant stuff planned. And I mean, the Saints, I mean, they're just, they're really not a great matchup in any category for opposing offenses. So I, I like the idea of going with Howell here. It's not like Lawrence has been a world beater, and Howell has been pretty darn good his last three games, just looking at the run that he's been on. Well, Dave. While we're waiting on some more questions to come in, and for those of you tuned in, feel free to drop any of your questions in in uh, the chat here. We'll get to them uh, if we can before kickoff. I want to look at one of our big decisions. We've got, mm-hmm. Dave. We've got four main event teams going, and three of them are in the top 200, and and two of them are in the top 80. Yep. Um, and so you know these all of these little. Decisions are super important for us, and we've got one in, in one of our bye weeks here Rashid Rice uh, or Rashid Shaheed.
1: Yeah, so Keep I'll going. pop over to the wide receiver uh, comparison chart here. And uh, you know, you heard me mention both of these players, I think, quickly as I was running down the leaderboard, both coming in yeah. the top 45 this week. Players. That have a fairly similar distribution here this week. Oh, you have that's, rice. That's like yeah. <laughs> rice with an average of 10.8, um, Shaheed with an average of 10. Uh, across the board, um, you well, actually I shouldn't say across the board, Shaheed with a slightly 0. 0.4 uh, better floor, but you do see some more upside for rice with 15.7 75th percentile, Shaheed at 14.6. Reality is though, Curtis, if you asked me to do this objectively, I would give both of them fairly similar upside. We're seeing that reflected as well in what the GLSP has to put out for us here. So the final thing that I like to do then is drill in and see what's actually in the average stat line. See if there's a favor for one of them in terms of touchdowns. 40% of Rice's matchups found the end zone. Whereas for Shahid, We also had 40%. This is a very, very tough one to break. Uh, The final thing I'll say is that when I was looking at the matchup rating article this week, there were a lot of reasons to feel pretty good about New Orleans pass catchers. Um, That said, it's looking to me like Rice is the wide receiver in the best position in Kansas City to make an impact. Now, the team did just bring in Meikle Hardman, which kind of speaks to some extent what they think about the receivers that they have. It's a hard decision. The more I think about it, the more I actually lean towards Shahid.
2: Yeah, that that's where I wanted to go as well. Uh, I'm a little bit more comfortable there. Just that big play ability that we've consistently seen uh, from him. So it, it's interesting to see that the tools couldn't really make up their mind. That's it. Hey, yep. you know, it's not perfect. That's when you got you to gotta put your own spin on it. Um, let's go to uh, a couple other dilemmas that are coming in here. Sam, this one's really interesting. Sam Laporta or Amari Cooper tight end premium.
1: Okay. Yeah. this, This, this is interesting here. So we actually have to go to our flex comparison. Fortunately, we can do that here and we can drop in Cooper and then, um, Sam Laporta. And I expect a pretty decent game out of Laporta this week. I haven't really been able to drill in too much on exactly what to expect from the Browns this week. Of course they will have, it looks like at this point, correct me if I'm wrong, Curtis, but Walker should be the, the quarterback again this week. Right?
2: Yeah. Yeah, so, I don't think we're going to see Deshaun Watson. So, that, I mean, you've got to factor that in on you the Cuban Certainly, you have
1: to factor that in here. Um, from a GLSP perspective, it likes Amari Cooper uh, a lot more, especially when you look towards the 25th percentiles. Actually, 22% of his matches went from more than 25, uh, just 5% over 25 for Laporter. Of course, though, we have to account for the fact that, you know, Cooper is going to be playing. With Walker Walker actually struggled last week. I want to say he only converted like 27% of the air yards that he threw. I think he was on target only like 50% of the time, which definitely is troublesome. Somehow Cooper, though, still finished with 14 points. That said, though, um, for Sam Laporta, you know, this does not look like the most favorable contest either. Uh, He has been, though the clear number two there for Detroit, even with Williams, you know, back and involved. And I think we're still going to see that from Laporta. So the final thing I'll do here is just kind of look at the projected stat line, puts him around five receptions, 52 yards, 20% of his matches found the end zone. And then, we, and then I, we've got
2: to add the tight end premium there. So you, however many receptions, mm, we got to give him a little boost there.
1: You got to give him a little boost, right? So this probably... I gotta be honest though, Curtis, I think I still lean in the favor of Cooper. Okay.
2: Okay. Yeah. Th- this one's a tough one. This one was actually one that I had pulled in here yep. uh, from one of my high stakes dynasty teams. That's six and zero, So I- I'm not too, I'm not too worried about it,
1: but I do Just want to, conveniently t- to throw to in work the work fact maybe. that it's six and zero. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I mean also 50% of his matches found the end zone His average, you know, matches went for 75 yards. I still like Cooper, despite, you know, the fact that we're going to have Walker in there. Oh, Mike Gonzalez. I get pumped up when I see his question every time because of the Al Bundy image, and I'm probably going to mention that every week this year. I love it. All right, so he's got Geno Smith or Goff, six-point passing touchdown. All right, let's take a uh, quick look here. So you've got Geno Smith against the Cardinals uh, with 1.6 passing touchdowns on average. We'll start there. If we look at Jared Goff, of course, we were just talking about his tight end. 1.8. So, fairly similar there in terms of expected touchdowns. But if I pull up Jared Goff and I compare him here with Geno Smith, uh, we do see that Goff has the more favorable upside here. Uh, Once you get to the point where you're looking at uh, greater than 25, it definitely slants in his favor. And an average outcome for those of you that can't see the screen listening to the podcast, we have Goff at 17.1 in an average game. Gino Smith at 16.2. It is kind of interesting um, that they're fairly similar in players between 20 to 25. Even if I remove the GLSP from this game, my gut instinct would have been to go with Goff. It does look like it's backed up here. Mm-hmm. Any disagreement from you, Curtis?
2: No, no, not at all. I mean, I if, if Gino's going to have a nice week, I, I like it to happen this week, but I, I can't I mean, Detroit, Detroit's playing so well. I mean, they're, they're five and one golf has really been consistent this season. Um, All of the weapons are getting healthy. Yeah. I'm going to play golf here in this spot.
1: Yep. Yeah. That definitely seems like the way to lean. So, okay. We've got, we've got another one here
2: at wide receiver here, Dave. Yep. This is the uh, pick your receiver or secret option three drink the cup of bleach. Um, because we've got Jerry Judy or Jahan Dotson in PPR.
1: All right. So GLSP paints a very similar picture. In fact, they're separated just by like two points in their so average. And
2: time out and catch on fire. Yeah. <laughs> like to compare these players.
1: Neither of them has a match going over 25. Uh in fact. Dawson has just 8% of his matches going above 15 to 6% for Judy. There is a little bit of a favor in the on the side of Judy going between yeah. 10 to 15. Things are very similar here. I do like how this game sets up for uh the Washington wide receivers against the Giants defense. Uh, in terms of Jerry Judy, though, and what you might expect from him against Green Bay, GLSP has him. With a very bleak outlook in terms of touchdowns, also just around three and a half receptions for 38 yards. Given what I've looked at in terms of passing matchups and the fact that the GLSP is pretty much split between these guys, and I know it might pain us to do it, given how much of a letdown he's been for us, I actually think I lean towards Dotson here.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
2: Okay. Yeah. I mean, it just, I mean, anything, anything to tip the scales in favor one way or another. It's like, you know, both of these guys were, they were, you know, draft season darlings. I mean, they both had their fair share of fans. It almost seems like the same types of analysts were on both of these guys um, being trendy names here. Mike had one more question here. And then I've got, yes. I've got a defense one, you know, one thing that I think that we need to promote better on this show one of the, I think, one of the best utilities of the GLSP is actually that that defense and in, 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 uh, special teams uh, opportunity there to compare. But let's let's get Mike's question here first yep. on Elijah Moore or Wandale. Um, off the top of my head, uh, if if Daniel Jones plays, I'm gonna just going to take Wandale. I don't even really care what this tool says. Uh, we haven't seen any upside from Elijah Moore, and we already know that PJ Walker is going again. But I do want, I just am curious to see. If the GLSP agrees with
1: it. it's pretty split, but it does give the slight edge to Robinson, largely because of the difference between the two when you're looking between 10 and 15. Also favored yeah. by point um eight in an average outcome. The other thing that I'll add to here, um if Moore wasn't playing with Walker and he were playing with Watson, I might give him the edge, but there is some room for Robinson to have a good game here. He and Paris Campbell run the most routes out of the slot of the wide receivers on the giants. And it just so happens with the way that he runs and where he normally lines up on the field is where Washington is the most susceptible as a result of that. The passing game matchup Raider kind of likes in this game. So in a matchup like this, where you're kind of pulling for some straws to make uh, the decision here, a lot more scenes to line up for Robinson than more. So I wouldn't expect too much, but I would give him the edge.
2: All right. Saints or Steelers defense. Let's see what we got here. I'm really interested in so, on this one. Dave, this we is, actually made some big claims on the Steelers yep. defense across our main event portfolio because I mean they've they've just been on fire. Uh they really have been, but they got to oh, go wait, all the stays. way across the country. Yeah, we, we yep. got to go all the way across the country and face the Rams this week. You know, Saints are at home on a short week against the Jags. You no, know, it does I don't think the tool knows what night of the week the game's playing on uh or takes into travel or uh, into account you know, the, the air airline miles that the teams are taking. Um, but, you know, I think this is a pretty interesting one. The, the, the thing with the saints, one reason a lot of people drafted them is because they've got the late bye week and, and a lot of pretty good, you know, average or slightly above average uh, matchups to begin the season, but the Steelers have been kind of elite. So what's the tool saying here?
1: So Curtis, I'm, I'm glad that you brought this up because this was one of the more interesting things. Sometimes you press play and, Tools do what they do. They spit out the results. Well, the Steelers are playing the Rams, right? But for whatever reason, it really likes them, this game. For some reason, teams, and I went back and checked, like the Steelers when facing teams like the Rams have actually fared pretty well. And in fact, we see hmm. 20% of teams like Pittsburgh when facing teams like the Rams managed to go for more than 15 points as a result the glsp largely favoring pittsburgh uh, ahead of new orleans this week and actually pittsburgh is one of the glsp's favorite teams this week in fact uh if you look they are the most uh they have the highest average expectation of all teams this week so we're gonna roll with pittsburgh Hopefully this offense can kind of get things right after of having a week off and won't cost the defense any points, you know, with a pick six here, you know, setting up things in bad field position. But yeah, we would lean Pittsburgh here over the Saints. That's
2: not a lean, man. That's, I mean, that was pretty decisive. That's what I want to see, man. I'm going to put two defenses in the tool. You know, I want to have some level of conviction and, you know, we can see it there. Yeah. Nicholas, we're, we're going back over to QB here, Dave. Love it. Nick, Nick okay. just uh, running with the question here. Um, oh, okay. So so he's got a quarterback problem. He wants to know Jordan Love or Gino, And then he's letting us know he's got Christian Watson in, at wide receiver three. So maybe going for that correlation play um, with, with Jordan Love there. So uh, let's see what the tools say, Nicholas, and we'll give a, give you our take.
1: So average game right Pretty similar between the two. A little bit better of a floor for Gino, favors him by 1.4 points in a low end 25th percentile outcome. However, if you look at a 50th percentile, still likes Gino, uh, 17.2 to 15.8. At the 75th percentile, though, is where we see that flip, love at 21.5, Smith at 19.6, you also see 5% more. Of love's matches went uh, between 20 to 25, and he had 6% more going above 25. You could make the case here, certainly, that love has a little bit more upside. I'm not sure, though, that these numbers are enough to sway me here, Curtis. We also know that um, you're going to see Gino going into that game against the Cardinals, where I would expect, with the way that things play out, you're going to be able to see uh, the Seahawks kind of take advantage of some of the flaws that the Cardinals have in their uh, defense. One of the things that I really focused on was one of the defenders, Marco Wilson, I think could get picked on pretty easily here Mm. by Metcalf or Lockett, which I think opens up things a little bit more for Smith. So when I layer on some of the other analysis that I've done this week on top of the GLSP, uh, Eileen Smith.
2: Yeah, I think that's a fair way to break this one down. And then Nicholas, you know, I, I think it's always interesting uh, especially like if you're a dog. And I mean, I, there's a, a lot of people that are going to feel like they're dogs this week with all the buys that are going on. You know, the, the idea of like, well, hey, if 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 one of my players hits, then I can get the points for both of them. You know, but we don't feel, you know, we don't, really don't feel great about Jordan Love. You know, I, I would feel, you it know, it'd be different if we were like, okay, you've got the quarterback and then we're going to start one of his fringe wide receivers, like his wide receiver four. I kind of like that direction more here than forcing it in with the inferior quarterback. I'd rather just split this up Um, and, you know, Geno's got the more talented pass-catching core and and what should be a pretty favorable matchup. And then, you know, we would expect Christian Watson to to be the leader on that team from a receiving perspective anyway, probably unless it's a a week where he gets a lot of attention and Dobbs has, you know, one of those six for 60 games or something and and sneaks in a touchdown. But let's just take Watson and Geno and split it apart there. Uh, We've got some more coming in here, Dave. Yep. Uh, yeah. No. Oh, Nicholas says, thank you. You're quite welcome, sir. Come on back next week. Uh, we got Michael Martinez, Marquise Brown or Jacoby Myers. So we'll that's pull, an interesting one, man.
1: Th- this is an interesting one. Uh, Jacoby Myers this season. We've seen nearly every matchup for him be favorable. This looks like another week. I don't know, though, exactly how much the GLSP likes him this week. So we will punch it in. Uh, I do know that there's actually some reason to have some optimism for Hollywood this week, just based upon the matchup. If we put this into the GLSP, though, it does look like it favors Myers. You actually have him probably with one of the strongest projections of the week. In an average case, at 17.8 wow. to Brown's 14.8. Wow. And if you look at the 75th percentile, there's a 23.2 for Myers, is 18.5 for Brown. Um, so you know, from some of these subjective things you might do by looking at the matchup and then also incorporating the GLSP, you would lean Myers. Of course, though, I believe that it's already come to light that Jimmy Garoppolo is ruled out. With Garoppolo out, I think I do lean towards Brown. If things change or I'm wrong on that and you do see Garoppolo play, then I would go Myers.
2: I'm going to pull up Jacoby uh, with and without Garoppolo this season in our Game Slits app here real quick. Yep. why don't you, um, and, we'll, and we'll come back. We'll well, to come while back.
1: you do that, let me just quickly pull up Jacoby, though, because I just want to talk about him a little bit here and how solid of a season he's had already. So one of the quickest ways you can assess what a player has been doing is just by going into our NFL stat explorer. You can see he's fifth among wide receivers in total touchdowns, number 14 in expected points per game, 20 in fantasy points over expectation per game. So he's also been pretty efficient. He's also 12 in PPR per game. Curtis, let me know when you're ready to go.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm good yep. to go here. Um, so so what we saw in the game where Jimmy G did not start for the Raiders this year, we actually saw uh, Devontae Adams bump up from his uh, weekly average in targets from 9 to 13. And we saw Jacoby uh, only receive four targets in that game. So I think that's important context here. He has been running hot, but then we've got this other dynamic, Dave, where Devontae to the media yes. came out really hot about wanting the ball. So um, I think that's another interesting piece of information with momentum the other direction. So um, yeah, I think i I think with Jimmy G being out, um, that's important context. I'll, I'll go Hollywood here on this one.
1: Yeah. Your hand's kind of forced, I think.
2: Yeah. We've got Greg Dudek. Hey guys, Darren Waller, Luke Musgrave or Michael Mayer at tight end. It looks like it's just regular PPR.
1: Okay. So we will punch this one in here. I think uh, you know, subjectively just off the top of my head, I would lean Waller. I expect him to get a decent amount of targets this week, which I think generally is going to break the tie for me here. So, then we will start this off I think by looking at Musgrave and Meyer or Mayer here. Um, so, you've got in an average case, you got Musgrave at 6.6, Mayer at 3.7. I do think you could make an argument that Mayer's going to be more involved than the GLSP would be able to foretell at this point. Fairly similar, though, in the terms of the fact that the tool does not see much upside for either player. As you walk things across, though, at every level, it's in the favor of Musgrave. That said, though, you look at him com- compared to Darren Waller, and Tool. the GLSP does not really love Darren Waller this week. In fact, it gives Musgrave more upside that said you know there isn't anything in here that would make me lean away from the player like Waller who I think subjectively we would all agree likely has more upside now there obviously is the possibility that you have Taylor going but with Taylor last week we saw him you know keeping things short keeping things very controlled if you look at his passing chart I think he only threw more than 10 yards like twice uh which you know probably favor somebody like Waller in a contest like this so I would stick with Waller
2: yeah, I would stick with Waller, too. Uh, he's tied in five in expected points per game uh, this season. I know he hasn't been delivering, and he's, he's tied in 111 fantasy yeah. points over expectation. He has not been converting those opportunities into uh, you know fantasy point uh, that we would want to see as, as, as managers. But over the past two weeks, he is heating up a little bit, actually has his two best games back-to-back in terms of expected points. He had 17.7 expected points against the Dolphins and 14.7 against Buffalo. And as you noted, that was with different quarterbacks each time. And then if I dial in, I'm now using the matchup analysis tool over on our NFL stat explorer, which I love. Um, The Washington commanders have really been... uh, a decent matchup uh, for opposing tight ends the past two weeks. Um, they allowed the ninth most fantasy points to the bears in week five at the position and the Falcons just shredded them 29.8 uh, tight end um, derived fantasy points last week. So I, I I think I'm heavily here on Waller and I, I, I get the reason for the skepticism um, Greg, but we're just going to punch him in this week. Yep. Yep. All right, and I'm I'm throwing up. I threw up the three minute warning, warning. two minutes ago. We w- we will take one more question if anybody has one more question, and then we got to get to watching this Thursday night football uh, matchup. Oh, and I probably more-
1: should probably should mention uh, apologies. I we had to skip last week if I'm correct, oh. Curtis, right? Because I was I was beyond right. sick, so it's good to be back.
2: All right, okay, we did get one more. Jordan Mason. <laughs> the tool's not going to see much there. So we're going to have to squint a little bit. We'll use the NFL stat Explorer to get some things there. Or Jerick McKinnon. Um, Punching but this McKinnon is assuming, but the interesting thing is here assuming McCaffrey plays. Um, so, you know, uh Cam uh is saying if McCaffrey sits, I'm playing Mason no matter what. You know, and we'll have to see how the 49ers would handle the ba- the backfield there. I don't think it's a given Mason would be the hammer. Um, but I think this is an interesting one. I actually personally had a couple questions about McKinnon this week. Um, he's, he's kind of on my flex radar in a, in a lot of leagues where I've got him on my bench.
1: So as Curtis alluded to, I don't think that you can really use the GLSP this week to make a ton of sense about, about Mason. Um, that said though, we'll just quickly punch him in to see what it would give you. Seven attempts, 27 yards, 30% of his matches did find the end zone that's actually fairly similar to what you get when you look at McKinnon um the thing here's what he- I'll
2: say about the Vikings yeah go ahead um you know the 49ers are playing the Vikings this week um the Vikings have you know certainly surrendered tons of rushing attempts um they've actually been a really poor matchup for opposing backfields um, this season. Um, Over the past four weeks, no team has rated higher than 15th in fantasy points scored at the position. And in three of those past four weeks, they held opposing teams to 25th best or worst. Um, They've only allowed two rushing touchdowns to running backs in the past five weeks and no receiving touchdowns. Um, Part of that is a function of the teams that they've played. Yeah. So the past four weeks, they did get the Chargers, Panthers, Chiefs, and Bears. And they kind of ran pure on that because they missed Austin Eckler, um, and you know those other teams didn't really have bona fide RB ones. So I think that's that's worth considering here. But uh, we, if we go back to week two, when the Eagles played the Vikings, that was DeAndre Swift's breakout game, and the Eagles just shredded, shredded the Vikings for 224 rushing yards by running backs, um, even if McCaffrey plays. What we're seeing against the Vikings is that they can't keep up with people. Opposing teams are getting up to lead, and they're running the ball a lot. You know, because, like I said, the rushing attempts, you know, ninth most uh, allowed over the past five weeks. So I think even if McCaffrey plays, they're going to probably try to get him out of there for the mop-up duty. Um, With McKinnon, you're basically hoping for a short receiving touchdown. Otherwise, you might not get much. um, Just kind of the way things are going. So I'm, I'm fine with taking a shot on Mason here. It's not, if you had a sure thing, I mean, if you had, you know, if it was Alexander Madison or Jordan Mason or or like some other back that has just been super underwhelming with no ceiling, but had, you know, a pretty locked in floor for eight to 10 points, I would lean that direction. But you know, I can, I I can get on board with Mason, Dave, which way would you go here as we wrap up? this,
1: This is the way I would wrap this up, right? McKinnon's one of my favorite players to just toss in, when you don't have other options because he plays on an offense where you never know, maybe he just randomly turns like four targets that he gets on one drive into a touchdown and like a 50 yard reception or something like that. The thing is though, you know that there's compelling reason that the 49ers could have to lean on Mason. We've seen what running backs can do in that offense as a result of that. It gives more scenarios in which I can see Mason contributing more points to your team than McKinnon as a function of that. You go, Mason.
2: All right. Well, this was a fast and furious show. We were able to get through quite a bit of the functions of the GLSP uh, tools over on Rotovis.com. We also checked out the Game Splits app and the NFL Stat Explorer. If you're not a subscriber, make sure you go over to Rotovis.com. You can look at these tools yourself. Uh, but be sure to tune in next Thursday for the Week Eight Start Sit Show. Hopefully, come back victorious. Let us know if our pick helped you win your contest. And if you're listening in and you're spying, but you're not asking questions, ask the question. Just always ask the question. There's not, there's no question too silly. We all get in our heads sometimes about Start Sits. If nothing else, it'll just be another layer of information that you can bring to the table before you hit submit on your lineup.